0: Here's my Christmas wish. I want cats to make a billion dollars, and I want the new Sonic movie to bomb at the box office. Would you rather
1: <laughs> cats be a critical success or make a ton of money? Well, Cats
0: is already going to be a critical success. That's not what I it's asked. Based That's on not what I asked. Critically acclaimed Answer the
1: question. Would you rather it be loved by critics or, it, but at the sacrifice of its financial gain? Or vice versa no
0: I wanted to make a billion dollars
2: would you rather cats be successful or the new Sonic fail you can only have one
0: I guess I would rather they both the fail new or they Sonic both- fail really yeah
1: <laughs> Wow. you have
0: that much anger for it's new not Sonic. anger it's anger I just it's not anger at all it's just a it's just a <laughs> nihilistic. Is there, it's you it's know. a Joker type mentality of like everyone, everyone made such a big deal about this, and then action took place to remedy it for those said people, but then those people don't go and see it, or it turns out that there weren't maybe as many loud voices as we thought there were. Is that possible? It is. So you're possible. like you're like the
2: Joker for video game mascot movies. Yeah, I want to get I want to get the pile of money niche. and set it on fire. That's what I want.
0: <laughs> I want them to change Sonic and then I want it to fail.
2: Welcome to Film House, everybody. I've got my friends James and Elise Willems with me this <laughs> week. Hey, hi. My name's Daniel. Uh, this week we are sponsored by Columbia College, Manscaped, and Love Book. So we'll tell you a little bit more about them a little bit later in the show. But first we've got Knives Out, which is a throwback to a simpler time in cinema. Ryan Johnson has stripped away the fluff uh, to create a very tight and intriguing mystery that remains true to the genre, but flips some of its kind of standard tropey conventions a little bit to make it seem fresh and new. It's uh, surprisingly funny, the cast is insanely good, and I think this is kind of the, the perfect family holiday movie for the Mm -hmm. coming season. Mm -hmm. Take your family out, enjoy the movies. Um, I guess that they've been describing it as a modern day whodunit, which I think is pretty accurate, Uh, not to spoil anything. And uh, speaking of spoilers, we'll hold off for a little while, just so we can tell you guys what we think about the movie, if you wanna go see it, which you should, uh, and not to ruin anything for you. So, I guess the cast is the huge thing in this movie other than the genre. Um, was there anyone that stood out to you guys in the cast as particularly amazing or surprised you maybe with their talents?
1: Daniel Craig is definitely going to have a career after James Bond.
2: I think so. As, as goofy mystery man.
1: He's really, really great as the the pseudo-detective. Benoit he, Blanc.
2: Benoit, Benoit he, Blanc. He's even got his own... Poirot name.
1: Yeah, he's got right. kind of this like French. He's got this Louisiana drawl to him. He's doing a little bit of a Kevin Spacey yeah. impression yeah. Uh, <laughs> the whole movie, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but he def- he's very very fun in it.
0: Hmm. Um. Yeah. He's he's really good. I think he's benefited from how long this era of Bond has lasted. Because like yeah. as opposed to some other previous eras, where it just feels like there's churning out another movie every other year. Like there's pretty large gaps
2: of time sometimes between James Bond movies. Well, and that's that's one of the reasons he's in this, right? Ryan Johnson said that Bond slipped starting shooting by a couple months. Yeah. And then yeah. then Daniel gonna, Craig was he, in, he's and like, then I'll do it. everyone else was in, and then you got a movie all of a sudden. That yeah. You got to yeah. shoot in two months or something yeah. like that.
0: So he has he's definitely got this advantage going for. I, I see him and I go, oh, it's James Bond. But then I also go, oh, but he's been in a ton of stuff along the way, mm-hmm. and so I think, yeah, his career is pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Um,
1: of course, everyone's gonna be talking about Ana de Armas. I was gonna say and she she's,
0: was. She's wonderful. She really. was a standout for me in this. I like.
2: I only I, ever remember her from Blade Runner before well, this. That, I
0: didn't even remember her. I was like, who is? She's really a good in this very minor part. Who yeah. is this? And then so I looked her up, and I was like, oh right, Blade Runner.
1: Yeah. I think that's where most people are going to be connecting her to. Yeah. yeah. And she's she's getting the Bond that's coming up.
0: Um, she's going to be playing Marilyn Monroe, apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, in an upcoming Hard film. Hard to imagine, but, you know, well, she's gorgeous. actors so. do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, she was definitely stand out, which is interesting because the early trailers for this movie make such a big deal about the family mm-hmm. and the suspects and, you know, everything's the mystery surrounding it. And they don't really focus on her all that much, or at least it didn't seem to me like it was focusing on her all that much. But the movie is her yeah. is a lot a, a lot about her, sure. and I would
1: attribute that to two things. One being her level of celebrity mm-hmm. at the time. Of course, you're going to show Jamie Lee Curtis. Like you know, mm-hmm. you've got uh, um, Christopher Collette. Plummer. You've yeah. got Tony Collette. You've got even Don Johnson. Like Thank you're going to you. show all those people. Before mm-hmm. you're going to show sort of no name Anadaramis. D- D- yeah. D- Chris and Evans, also Michael Shannon. Th- the Rogues Gallery is a lot more fun mm-hmm. than your sort of. You know, straight man in in this, if you will. Yeah. But But
0: that's one of my favorite things about the movie, non-spoiler, is that they do a good job integrating her into the kind of rogues
2: Mm -hmm. gallery. They do, yeah. Well, it's it's not the longest movie in the world, and each character only has a little bit of time, but I feel like they are very fully realized people. Yeah. You know, After a few minutes with each one, I feel like you know where you're coming from with them, where their motivations might be, Mm -hmm. what their eccentricities might be. I I just I feel like every actor... Just grabbed at the couple of minutes they yeah. had and just they were all chewing the scenes at the same time. And there's
1: a story convention that Ryan Johnson uses early in the film that we'll get to with spoilers that, that does that and that allows him to do that in a in a not easy way, but like a very straightforward way. Um and yeah, we'll talk about that with spoilers though.
0: Yeah. I mean this movie's clue, right? Yeah. Like
2: it does it, a, a murder, a closed door murder mystery.
0: It's the equivalent of getting a board game and having all these different pieces, which are all different colors. They all have different looks and different colors or whatever. Yeah. And then you flip over the box, and on the back of the box, it lists out in three oh sentences everything you need to know about those characters, so that way yeah. you feel compelled to follow the story. Yeah,
1: the, uh, the locked room mystery is like one of my favorite genres. Has been since I was a very very little kid, and. Uh, If you like movies, like I mean, Clue is a a good example. Um, If you like stuff like Murder by Death or Death Trap or
2: Murder on the Orient Express,
1: yeah, or even like the old Pink Panther movies, like Pink Panther or Shot in the Dark, are are two movies that feel like when they're you know they're at the. They're all, any location where it's like all these people and they're, mm-hmm. they're in this place and, and the, the place that they're at sort of becomes a character. Like the house mm-hmm. in oh, this so movie. Wonderful. The, like yeah, I feel like when we're mentioning good characters we should talk about the house <laughs> exactly that they're the in.
2: The production design, especially at that house I think is wonderful. Even the small yeah. town I feel like is, is quirky enough, but
1: a little the, bit.
2: the world that they introduced, the kind of the, the Thrombey murder mystery yeah. publishing empire universe, I just found fascinating and I want to see yeah. more uh, films kind of in this world.
1: Well and the house itself has like little weird nuanced stuff to it. Like I mean the this is not a spoiler but Christopher Plummer the patriarch of the family, he's a murder mystery writer and you know he's made his family fortune and so he's got that like throne of knives or I don't think it's a cherry but it's like a just a Weird, interesting, yeah. like a collage of knives. Architectural piece.
2: So, so we went to a screening that had Ryan Johnson did a little Q and A afterwards, and he said he didn't realize that he had basically made the Iron Throne yeah, the Game from of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones yeah. until he saw it on set, yeah. which I thought was like a funny yeah. admission that oh, but I got this from my subconscious.
1: The house mm-hmm. has like other little things about yeah. it that like feed into the plot, and yeah. then
2: it's definitely board character. gameish almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah like, like each room has a rooms,
2: little kind of, and hidden passageways. Yeah, he, his
1: little study up in the attic is like a thing, and it I, just
2: kept going up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I really and truly like loved this movie a lot. I'm gonna go see it again. Me
2: too. I do. I really do think it's a perfect Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday time film. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's nothing you know violent, or there's not a lot. Of, I don't think there's any nudity. Um, it's just it's something everyone can enjoy and. It was a surprising amount of fun. I feel like one of the quotes that pops up at the front of one of these trailers is, do you remember having fun at the movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of baggage of 10 other films. and You, you can go in, get your two hours of fun, and, mm-hmm. and leave. And it, it, it was thrilling. Even sitting in the very front of the theater like we were, staring up at the screen like that, I just, I had a blast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I was expecting to at all.
1: Yeah. yeah kind of the antithesis to Murder on the Orient Express, which, like, fell flat and was... <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, the remake, I <laughs> yeah. mean? The remake, which The remake, yeah. which, I, this, that's um, exactly what I was thinking of kind of going into this movie, because I was hyped for that. Yeah. That tra- trailer you had Imagine Dragons crazy never trust
1: Imagine Dragons in it, a trailer. the sign out
0: of the title card was made out of like neon and it was like flashing. Was stylish, like, oh, okay. Yeah. This ain't just gonna be your this ain't your mother's Murder on the Orient Express. This is gonna be a new hot take. But that was clearly just a great marketing team
2: mm-hmm.
0: tricking me because then you get into the movie and it's very very slow. Very boring. True to the story, which is fine. True to the original film and the book, which is fine. But I thought we were going to... There was a reason we were remaking it is because we had a new vision for it. Oh, you thought they were
2: going to do something new?
0: Well, I just thought it was going to be maybe more kinetic. It was going to feel like that trailer made it feel with just like, you know, kind of, like, vibe to it. (laughs) And and Poirot was going to be some flashy new thing, but ultimately it amounted to a setup, a bunch of interrogations, and then a resolution mm-hmm. and it just I was pretty bored yeah throughout the whole of it, but I was more disappointed because the bar had been set for the trailer this I would say similarly, this movie has a very Good trailer, I thought. I know it's kind of divisive. Some people saw the first. I was turned off by the trailer. Someone saw the first trailer and were like, "Eh, it looks too cartoonish." For me, a lover of board games. A lover of those mysteries and stuff, I was like, "Yep, that's what I want. Yeah. I want, I want a cartoon personality.
1: You want these individual people to feel like these over the top caricatures." Yeah,
0: if if Wes Anderson yeah. made a Who Done It, even like <laughs> the kind of watching promo stuff that I've never even seen for the movie day yeah. before, but they released almost classic like early internet viral marketing where they have the characters in character describing their jobs and their roles and stuff, and it just it makes them feel like like cartoon characters
2: mm-hmm. and I kind of dig that they are bigger than reality each, mm-hmm. each one of those kids especially. they all have the, color the schemes children.
0: they all have specific yes, color yeah. schemes
2: and tones
0: and stuff like that and I really really like that so the first trailer I was like please please let this be the movie and I do think that the movie wasn't it wasn't if Wes Anderson made a Who It, and I think that's for the best well yeah it's maybe not that
2: stylized I think, which is a very no, yeah. good thing, yeah, or I, or even wooden. Like.
0: I, I think I may have gotten more tired of it if it had just been that, but uh, but it was it was still true enough to the trail. It does still have all these characters. It all this promotional stuff makes sense for the movie, and it gets you like like you guys both said within five minutes of the film, you know exactly who everyone is. Mm. You know what their motivation would be because it, it's everyone's a suspect. Yeah. And you're like, you can imagine a world <laughs> where everyone did it.
1: Everyone has a very obvious chip on their shoulder.
0: <laughs> yeah. In a fun way. Which is something I really liked about the film a lot. I mean, beyond just the performances. They did an amazing job casting it. It's yeah. yeah. my man,
1: Frank Oz. Oh,
0: yeah. Frank
2: Oz shows Coming up. In. There's First time in a long time. Right? This little piggy. There's right another there. yeah. Radiohead reference. I guess the yeah, Johnson at the end in the Q&A said that the title knives out he'd had for a long time mm-hmm. in his notebook as he wrote down something that would be a great title for a movie. Mm-hmm. It is one of the the movies where well never mind that's a spoiler. Um it it feels like the, it's is it imposs- like flum or flam flam. It's it's impossible so
0: to mention um it's impossible to mention this movie without kind of talking about Last Jedi, though? Yeah. Because it is his follow-up to Last mm-hmm. Jedi.
2: Well, and, and people really, really went after him for ruining Star Wars with his movie. hmm
0: Which is, by the way, there was a moment during the Q&A where the first guy stood up and said he loves Last Jedi, and anyone that doesn't like Last Jedi is a moron. And <laughs> Ryan Johnson was like, I disagree. Don't yeah. think they're morons. I don't think they're morons. I think everyone's utterly entitled to their opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that guy was What's, trying to.
1: That's weird. Yeah. What was he expecting trying Ryan Johnson his butt. to
0: do? Yeah. Thanks, man. Come down here. I want you to be my next Star <laughs> Wars.
2: Um, but yeah. Um, I guess Johnson did admit that the the teenage son in the family was expressly written to for him to make fun of those trolley yeah. type characters. Well, he, Internet trolls. He and, did.
0: There's a. There's a. Yeah, a teenage son who's kind of like, I guess you would say alt-righty. Like, yeah. Well, they he's, say he is. He's, he's a, you know, alt-right in training or whatever kind of like preppy kid. Um, but even that was like, he's like, well, it's not attacking anyone specifically, but it just so happens that in my life I was exposed to a whole new type of person. And I was like, this is a great character that should be included in a movie. And so it made it in. Um, but, Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I was really into it. Me too. I think it's a very kinetic film. Uh, sometimes, with, with these ensemble casts, it feels like everyone's competing for screen time. They seemed chummy. But they seem like like it was understood that if Tony Collette is gonna ham it up in a scene, it was so that way Jamie Lee Curtis could swat her down even further with her like very abrasive tones. Yeah. Her uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson are, are spouses, and their relationship is really great. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of works together. <laughs> even Anna De Armas and Daniel Craig, like pairing with each other. He's she's this wilting flower. For like most of the movie, um, and then he's this larger than life kind of goofball detective, and so like the pairing them up is is really is really excellent.
2: Uh, you started to bring up Star Wars. Was there like a further point that you wanted to make with the Last Jedi? Well,
0: his th- he has this reputation now for subverting okay. genres, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that that can be seen in this movie. Sure. I yeah. think that's something in that... smart ways. He will probably continue. He's an auteur, right? He, he writes his movies. He directs his movies. They're almost entirely his vision. And so I think that you can see some of that subversion for sure in this movie, but it's maybe more controlled and yeah. the right platform for it than I think how I felt about The Last Jedi.
1: Yeah, and he does it... I, I think it's it's like overt the way he does it. We'll talk about that when we get into spoilers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get there soon. We might as well. I, I, I guess uh, I think a lot of people gave him shit in The Last Jedi that the subversion seemed for subversion's sake. It's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to flip mm-hmm. what they expect yeah. just because I want to. Mm-hmm. We're going to flip it. We're going to flip it. We're going to keep flipping it. And then this, he did it a couple of times, enough times where it wasn't overt. But no one comes into this movie with expectations to be ruined. Well, I also think subverting a genre
0: is different than subverting a franchise. The, sure. Especially the second film in a trilogy, right? That's maybe not or in eighth. my opinion, the best time to start subverting <laughs> things because it's like, well, we passed that point. You should yeah. be subverting somewhere else that isn't crushing the progress made by other things that's come before it.
1: Or it's like people think, you know, you think you've got something to prove, mm-hmm. or you're trying to incite a reaction, mm-hmm. whereas you flip the genre and it's just that you're trying to refresh it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. So. Well, I think doing something in a genre like murder mystery, which is old as shit, for like we we've had mm-hmm. these movies since... Close to the beginning of movies, yeah. I think you do have to do something to make it fresh in a way mm-hmm. through a subversion of some kind. Because if you did just a straightforward murder mystery, you might get something like the Orient Express, which which just felt lifeless. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like why was this made other yeah. than the name? Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. With tuition at Columbia College, your education is one low price. There are no fees. No book costs, no surprises. Don't play games with getting your education. Truition lets you budget for the true cost of college. They've eliminated all fees, from application to graduation. They provide e-textbooks at no charge. With e-text, you can highlight important sections and add personal notes to the material. You can also convert e-text to audiobooks so that you can listen to content on the go. Truition is for all undergraduate and graduate students taking classes online or in the evening at any of their 30-plus locations. Columbia College was founded in 1851 and has been accredited for more than 100 Years. Eight-week classes are held year-round, so you can earn a degree quickly. Columbia College's mission is to improve lives by making college affordable. That's the truth. That's truition. Apply today at mytruition.com film. So apply today at mytruition.com film. That's mytruition, T-R-U-I-T-I-O-N, dot com slash film. Thanks, Columbia College, for sponsoring the show this week. Uh, letting us talk about Knives Out. So it was, it was a Collider screening that we got to go mm-hmm. to. So I also shout out to Collider, yeah, for, you, collider. For, for letting us come to your screening. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think spoiler time has come <laughs> come to us so we can kind of freely talk about the movie. It is a murder mystery, um, mystery being the, the key word there. So I think we'll talk about a lot of things that could – ruin the film for you if you want to go in fresh. So this is your warning. Was there something you wanted to say I was just going to say, we
0: should just, I think the consensus here is you should go see it. Oh, yeah. I I think it's pretty obvious that we'd love to see it. It's worth
1: paying the money. You'll have a great time. And I I think it's okay. We'll
0: take the hit and watch time (laughs) if you want to come back when we discuss something, when we move on to the next topic. Because I do think that part of the joy of this movie is is seeing it going in without it being spoiled. Yeah. um, Because there's a lot of tension that builds. One of the best features of this movie is it builds tension, and so I would I would recommend go to see it. Then you can come back and then you can watch the rest.
2: I do want to see it again to like, kind of see. I feel like these movies hide little clues and little things mm-hmm. in them to to maybe try and lead you in the right direction or even lead you off the direction of the main suspect. So mm-hmm. I I feel like this is something that would reward a second viewing now that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you same, Elise. You think this movie's great? Go see it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. 100
2: so, Yeah, go, go this weekend and then um, watch the rest of Film House on uh, Sunday afternoon after you've seen Knives I'm Out.
1: So happy because I felt like I was going in. Uh, by, like, I was like, I'm going to like this mm-hmm. because it's very much in my wheelhouse. But so I'm so happy that it's just like a good movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, something, yeah, now that we're talking about spoilers. So the start of the movie. Uh, the big introduction that they do is the interrogation Mm -hmm. of all the suspects. A really brilliant
2: way to let you get to know all the characters. It's
1: like, it's a little, I don't, again, I don't want to say easy, but it's a very straightforward way because it's like you are really, you're having someone ask everyone, what's your name? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a very straightforward way. What could be
2: your motivation for murder? (laughs)
1: But it's it's done so articulately and well that it's really, really compelling to watch, even though it's pretty long. Like, Mm -hmm. it feels fairly long as you're watching it. And it also introduces Daniel Craig. I will say, like, the one character that I felt not shortchanged by, but we didn't get too much from, Lakeith Stanfield, is like really, yeah. really great, but he didn't do too much in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was
2: very much on the sidelines. Yeah,
1: like, because at the beginning he's doing that interrogation, but then he gets sidelined a little bit by Daniel Craig, who has a great introduction. He's sitting in the shadows with his piano keys. <laughs> And which I thought, I told you guys, I thought that when he was hitting piano keys, he was like picking out points where he thought where people were lying. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. But I guess Ryan Johnson said it, it didn't. That wasn't it. There, well, there was no reasoning that, behind He told it. that to six-year-old girl, girl yeah. that asked a
0: question that that <laughs> oh, he was just trying to make his yeah. entrance big which is probably the easy that's film filmmaking 101 I sort if we go to filmmaking 103 then maybe we get a little
2: bit more yeah, elaborate
1: <laughs> but it was a great way to like set up the the gallery of everyone and in a really classic way yeah mm-hmm.
2: I, I, it's it's funny that he admitted to just trying to do something weird with no reasoning behind it because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of Filmmakers might not, you know, let you have that mystery. Mm-hmm. They might want to, you know, no. It was he was just a lie detector or something. Mm-hmm. But to just do something weird for the sake of it to to introduce your character in a strange way. Yeah. There, there, it is, right there.
1: He did a he did find I thought like fun and uh, convincing ways to to you know uh, bring everyone together because they're all gathered for Christopher Plummer's birthday for Thorombi's birthday. That and it's good like, you don't have
2: to. Create a reason for everyone yeah. to show up.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, well, why would all these people be back in this house? But okay. you know, I think that's always a tough part. Is and, and you know, the police are keeping them there. That's why they can't leave. With the locked room mystery, you run into that issue of like, well, how do I keep all these people here mm-hmm. and invested and in, and in this place? Um,
0: well, that's what I kind of liked about it because yeah. you would think because there is a certain point where the police go, like, all right. You guys can leave. Like, the movie takes place not in over the course of one night. You would expect, like, one of these to be like, it's one night yeah. in the south. It t- takes place over a couple days, mm-hmm. and and there is another thing that they come up with, which is basically the will. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're the all great, invested in that. That's, that's the oh, thing the that the keeps limit. everyone yeah. close, right, more than mm-hmm. anything, which is great, because then it's their greed is what's holding them in. So the whole time you're watching, you're like, well, not the whole time, but for at least the first, first third of the movie, you're watching going like, oh, well, their greed is keeping them here, which makes them all unworthy of, of what the reward is kind of, and thus makes them all even better suspects, hmm. you know, because if someone was being less greedy, they would be more inclined to just leave this situation sure. They could walk away. But because everyone wants the vast wealth of the deceased, they are still around, which makes them great for being a suspect, but then also easily not a suspect mm-hmm. because they want that wealth. Just a character statement. And that's what I I, I really like about it.
2: I thought uh, Chris Plummer was great and almost wished there was a little bit more of him in the movie.
1: Yeah. He is has, He like. He grew into like that man, that old man with the twinkle in his eye, and mm-hmm. like the older the roles that he's done in his older age.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was glad that it was kind of a twist on it because generally it feels like these are, it's the cranky old. Oh, yeah. And everyone's just waiting for this yeah. Scrooge this, or whatever this old one to kick the bucket, and now he finally he or she finally has, and everyone all the vultures come down to try and pick the pieces away. But that's not what the case is in this. He's actually a pretty kind and benevolent yeah. patriarch
2: of this family, and well, he's, kind of looking out for their own good. Yeah, in, in his afterlife, yeah, yeah. If he's
1: withholding to them in any way. It's because he knows that like they're gonna abuse his money. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I will say, full spoiler, uh, one of the, there are two things that I thought kind of were shortcomings for me in this film. Uh-huh. One was what Elise mentioned about Lakeith Stanfield. I think he's a great actor and I think he was underutilized here. Sure, um, I wonder
2: how much of him might have gotten I, trimmed. Yeah.
1: Maybe, I think, um, I think he also he was, had to
2: sit next to Daniel Craig, and, who was a very eccentric, over the top character. Who
1: got sillier as the film went on so
2: too. <laughs> Lakeith maybe just had to be the normal cop, which is I mean, hard to grab screen time I think with. you
1: cast
0: the people you wanna work with, not necessarily because every single role for that, for that cast is the one that's going to give them the material that they truly have. You have this with all these characters, and then you also have Daniel Craig playing a Detective, maybe you just want to work with Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. You give it to him. He says, "Sure, I'll do it." And it's not, it's not the best utilization of him. Um, so I was like, "Oh, that's a shame that 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 he was underutilized and just kind of fades away into it." The other thing is the version we saw, which I can only imagine is going to be on most screenings, is it opens with Ryan Johnson? Oh yeah, s- telling the audience to please not spoil the end twist of the movie. Oh yeah. You can't. Don't do that. I get because what you're, you're trying expecting to do. A twist? I get what you're trying to do by saying, by by saying, don't go on social media and talk about the end of this movie. But when you say there is a twist <laughs> at the end of the movie, it means that the whole the whole three fourths of the movie that you're watching it, up yeah. to it, there must be a twist coming. Yeah. So for me then this is just how I watch movies in general but now when you've told me that there's a there's a carrot at the end of a string yeah the coolest thing about this movie is that it gives you the
2: solution about a third of the way in mm-hmm. it goes this is what happened well, and yeah. we are violating his wish essentially by telling people well we we said, we said spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. but like
0: it, it's it, this, a third of the way in the movie it goes this is what happened and you're like Which oh is, clever yeah.
1: i it's, like it's, it's 18 cool 18 minutes in or something it, he it, tells you
0: it makes the rest of the movie real interesting because now you're trying to see how this this character i don't know how spoiler we want to get into it but how this character is going to get out of this situation how spo- this is going to unfold and whether or not he can <laughs> whether or not he can even trust this character who can't right? you
1: trust? It, yeah cuz it, it's the way he described it the film was a thriller couched in a who mm-hmm. which is a really apt way of putting it And like you said, once it tells you the solution, you're wondering, well, where can this movie go from here? Mm -hmm. And obviously, I wish I also wish we didn't know the uh, the twist. But like, it's very similar to like you guys know, like Death Trap with Michael uh, or Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm. It's 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 another. It's I mean, it's an old movie, but it is it is a smaller cast. It's not like a big ensemble, but like, it's very similar. Where like it's got multiple turns in it which is not a spoiler because it's like a 40 year old movie <laughs> um, but uh, it's got you. multiple turns in it to the point where like you're you know you're one when, once you're given that turn you're like well why there's still like 75 minutes of this movie left like mm-hmm. what's gonna happen what can, where can it go now and I really like that yeah because um, you can do a whole movie where it's like you're just building to who did it well, but that's been done.
2: That's that's been done a lot and it can fall really flat if that final answer isn't super fulfilling. Yeah. So so you're building the entire case of your film and all of its themes or all of its excitement is waiting for that one last reveal. And if that just isn't the most momentous thing, it can make your entire movie fall apart. So I think pushing that to the you know the end of Act One or whatever it was is Maybe the smartest thing about this movie, because then it ratcheted up the tension in different ways. so so it's not all reliant on how or who did this. It's how did it happen and how will things turn out with the the will. And except
0: whatnot. when Ryan Johnson goes, there's also one more twist at the end right before <laughs> the movie starts. Then when it twists, you can't me. I can't now sit and relax and enjoy it. I'm still trying to thinking, constantly puzzle solve the movie as it's <laughs> unfolding. One more twist. So that means that now I am still building up the final twist. So even if the solution, even if by having the answer be told to you a third of the way in is cool, the final twist has to be cooler. And And you would not have been expecting that? And in this case, I don't think it
2: was. Do you think he could have chosen his words more carefully instead of... Saying don't ruin the twist at the end. He said, "Just don't ruin." I mean, this probably movie don't say people. at the end. Yeah. He said specifically,
0: "Don't spoil the end of the movie," which you know you just say this is a movie that should be experienced. We well, recommend. I
1: hope he gets backlash online for this because he, <laughs> he deserves to. It's get not some his fault. Online it's, backlash.
0: I guarantee you, he didn't go and say they should put a video of me at the beginning of every single screening of this. And I don't know. We saw a special yeah, screenings, so maybe screening. it's not in it. But. It, like, I don't think he, someone on the marketing side of it, Well, the next time Collider
1: invites me to one of their screenings, I'll politely say never again. <laughs> I <just laughs> Not like,
0: after that Johnson it's, debacle. It's like when you want to share, like, a, f- a movie with your friend. Yeah. And then you go, wait till you see the twist at the end of this movie. You're like, you have ruined the twist. Oh, well, I'm going <laughs> to spoiler some
1: more stuff like Ryan Johnson and, and talk about the house now that we're into it. Because there are a few things in the house that are are... Character building of it, and then also pl- tie into the plot, and also inform who these people are. It's it's great, like the the stash on the, oh, the mantle, stash box. like the stash box comes. Brilliant, you know, it's it's Setup. really great. Of course, it's it's a, st- it's a stash and it's a mm-hmm. stash. The tiny door is great. Um, oh, the the, the fake secret window. Door, the, yeah, the fake yeah. window is great. Upstairs, um, the, like I loved th- his room and his study in the attic. Mm-hmm. I thought was, like really really cool it's, it's it's such a great setting for like the two of them to have that moment and it's i, I really like the idea that like he it, it's a lot of character for for christopher Plummer, a character building in that he's this rich man but it seems like he kind of just like barricades himself in his little attic study mm-hmm. and he's, he maybe lives sl- up there, sleeps up there kind and, like a hermit yeah and and that's i thought was really indicative of who he is mm-hmm. uh and I really
2: liked their relationship. Their relationship was great. The, the uh, what's her name? Marta? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Thromby? I don't know. Th- they didn't have a lot of time to do it in. And mm-hmm. again, I, they just maximized those few minutes of time they had together mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to where you really believe these two cared about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some other health stuff. The sorry. Go match? Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, they, it could have been chess. Yeah. And I think Go says so much more about a character. Mm hmm.
1: The uh, the dogs on the grounds. <laughs>
2: I really that's liked great. the the goofy cop. Um, I don't know oh, the guy's he's, name.
1: That's, he's infatuated. Yeah, with he's Mom like the, the fanboy essentially.
2: Yeah. And, like there were several times where like he he almost stepped on the Keith Stanfield character. He's like, no, no, let let Benoit do this. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. The maybe a stand-in for the audience just because he was always seemed to be overjoyed to just be well, there in that room. He was
0: explaining the importance. Of Thromby okay. That's I think his role because you get the family, I get it, yeah, right, and you get the family's whatever. But sometimes you need to see the grander regular stakes, and vision. he explained the stakes by showing how regular people perceive this family, mm-hmm. right? And so I think he was really good. I would have been fine if you give that maybe that to Lakeith Stanfield, and yeah. the, him be a more eccentric kind of character um, would have probably been nice. But again, I, I it's fine. I'm. Yeah. I'm happy as long as he's working. He'll yeah. get that. He'll get that role. He'll play the Joker eventually, or whatever he needs to do.
1: Chris Evans, as usual, is super fun. And I actually thought the casting of him as Christopher Plummer's grandson is pretty mm-hmm. great. Because like, if you do look at a younger Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. who is like a handsome man, a chiseled guy, he you couldn't put him next to Chris Evans, and you're like, oh, like mm-hmm. there's kind of a resemblance. Like that looks like he could be his grandson. Yeah. And it sort of feels like he could be, you know. If if Christopher Plummer had or his character in the movie had had uh, like they're, they seem yeah. like they were the same personality, mm-hmm. and had he been as privileged as Chris Evans, they yeah. might have you know he might have been as as entitled as Chris Evans, yeah, but yeah, like
2: absolutely.
1: he uh, yeah it's, I, I Chris it's really Evans cool.
2: a, a little against type two, and maybe that's just recent. I think since he's Captain America mm-hmm. and what seems to be his real personality, or at least what he puts out on the internet, seems to be like a golden good guy, boy, yeah. good person. Mm-hmm. And to see him be like a real shit is is actually, I think, a lot of fun. To like watch s- your hero guy yeah. just be a smarmy, shitty mm. asshole.
1: It's more like Scott Pilgrim, Chris yeah. Evans.
2: The ex-boyfriend Chris Evans. But Yeah,
1: yeah and it, for me, I had a weird moment where when he's like, he picks Marta up in the car, and he's like, come with me, and I was like, this guy's a dick to everyone, but now he's he's got a soft spot for the immigrant housekeeper. Like, yeah. this is kind of
0: weird. I mean, but there, there is So, again, basically what happens. They're all terrible
2: people. Basically what happens. <laughs> I, I love rooting against them, yeah. too, is, because you is, hate them so they much. They
0: set up this whole family. They all want this will. Christopher Plummer, Thromby, the patriarch, dies. They do a reading of the will, and shocker, everything was left to Marta his his caregiver um, who they established they have a pretty good Just relationship. She's like family, yeah. But it's like and also there's a bunch of scenes leading up to it oh, which is God. great because they're like don't worry You're taking care we'll, of we'll take, take care, care of your you. Your family. Your family will take care of you and then it turns out she now has all the resources she doesn't need anyone to take care of her she can take care of herself because she has all their money and so now they're all desperately trying to t- tell her that yeah. it's irresponsible of her to think that she is deserving of any of this because she's not family. So yeah. like there's a bunch of great real good
1: her character Grace stuff building up to it. Concern is that like her mother is here illegally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: there a lot of immigration stuff yeah, in this, I think. It's, and it's done subtly. It's and clever.
1: A thing where the the style of the film is pretty classical. The like the genre and the and setup, but the things it talks about are pretty contemporary like mm-hmm. the, the whole oh, yeah. immig- all the immigration stuff they talk about a lot of people some of the family discussions in this movie are the same discussions people are gonna be having at their own Thanksgiving dinners mm-hmm. oh my god so <laughs> when they there, see this movie
2: there was that one shot I think Johnson said that Don Johnson improbbed it but when he just kind of hands, hands his, plate. his over or used cake plate, mm-hmm. yeah. just so subtle but so telling yeah. it's like one of those perfect moments of an actor yeah. kind of improving a moment by living in the in the time.
0: Especially because she's that's not her and job, it's job. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it was supposed to be a social gathering
2: a but he immediately reverted to treating yeah.
0: her like, like she's like help, help. Um, yeah it's, it's really it's layered, there's a lot of good stuff in it and then I think the juxtaposition of it feeling like it's from a different era the house that they live in, the co- the costumes and clothes that they wear, yeah. Daniel Craig's accent—like it all feels like his it's accent. From a and era. it's like,
1: who are you, dude? That you're just some guy who's not even a cop, but you just kind of get involved with yeah. cases. Like, who are you? This isn't a, a New York article. It's not a profession that exists in <laughs> yeah. 2019. It's it's a really weird mix of these two time periods. And the the son, of course, who we talked about a little bit, the kid from It. He's really, really great in it, and there's that one like that one moment with him in the bathroom that I thought was so funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great.
0: But anyway, so it is funny. Then <coughs> the switch now becomes Chris Evans really hates his family. He had already been he written, was already the he was already out of the will, and everyone was like, "Well, maybe you can learn something from this." And then when they actually read the will, they re- find out that everyone else is also written out of the will, and Marta is the only thing. So he has now this kind of so I did think that it was out of character for him to be kind to Marta but it was within character for him to see being kind to her as an as a middle finger to his family yeah like user
1: yeah family. well it was the point where I thought he hasn't made eye contact with her to this point he's she's basically just been this this uh, non-existent entity to him mm-hmm. so he can't be completely uh, you know uh, Pure in his mm-hmm. intentions here. Yeah, like he hasn't—it hasn't been like the kind of thing where the whole family's shitty to her. But then he comes in and he says, he says, "Hey, Ma- hi, Marta, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. Like, no, he just disregard. He comes to to see the family. He doesn't even look at her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like, eh, there's something there.
2: Um, we were talking about that kind of the the flipping of the genre convention of re- revealing what happened pretty early in the movie, mm-hmm. but then um, there was there was. A part of the movie where she is with or Marta is with Benoit Blanc and the two cops, and they're kind of retracing the steps around the house, and she's kind of secretly trying to hide little bits of things or like mm-hmm. muck up the, the shoe prints. I mean I just thought that the the tension in those scenes was just extreme, like extremely brilliant. There's any moment I feel like she could have gotten caught, and probably should have if Benoit Blanc is really this like expert mm-hmm. uh, detective or sleuth, but she was kind of smarter than everybody in in being able to undo each one of those little things, like with the videotape or the mm-hmm. the steps in the mud. I don't know. I just I, I thought that point in the film when she's just trying to protect herself is is brilliant. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's easier. <clears throat> it's an easier pill to swallow when you kind of understand by the end of it that Benoit Blanc also he didn't know all he didn't know. He knew the ending in the beginning. He didn't necessarily know the, all the steps in between. But it does make him feel like a classic, you
2: know, uh, Poirot or Columbo type, yeah. you know, like. Well, there was a point in the movie where he almost got a little goofy and silly. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to push his character – kind of further into that, it's like, like a spoof. To yeah, territory. To, to essentially just making fun of these kind of guys. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go that far with it, which is probably fine, yeah. yeah. But.
0: I think he was a really cool, clean-cut character.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> clean-cut, um, like you should do with your lower regions with Manscaped. Um, I will say support uh, for Filmhouse comes from Manscaped, the best in the business for below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas, listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0 which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. These products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code filmhouse at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. So get 20% off and free shipping with code filmhouse at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code filmhouse when you're checking out. Thanks, Manscaped, for bringing us here this week uh, to let us talk about what is one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, Knives Out. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily one of the best movies of the year, but maybe the most fun I had sitting in a movie theater. I, I'm
1: going to watch it 16 times <laughs> after this. So I do think it is a very, very well yeah. made movie. I th- this and Parasite, I think I'm it's. Choose. It's not. It's not
0: big. We we're in such a big year of these massive scale movies and culmination of things. It's really refreshing that it is an original IP. Yeah. With some great performances, some great. Classic tension. It's a genre everyone's familiar with, but it isn't just a paint by numbers version of said genre. I think it I, I it's a lot of fun. I would love to see more knives out. Me and too. maybe a well, few less Star Wars, honestly.
2: If, if enough people go see knives out, I do think Ryan Johnson said in the screening that he would do more Benoit Blanc.
0: Benoit Blanc you know, we'll
2: Poirot style. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. what's the mystery this year? Or yeah, yeah. Every, every couple of years, do I another wonder,
1: one. I wonder if you could recapture it with something else. I don't know. It might be tough. Um, my my favorite moments in this movie was when Anna Armas and Chris uh, Evans are in a they're in a car at the morgue watching it burn down, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this really really wide shot of of um. Daniel Craig, like and he spots them in the car, and it's just it's such a f- comedically framed shot. It's great.
0: Well, that was excellent. Because in other movies, that would be the safe distance yeah. from which you were yeah. spying on a situation, but you're like they're pretty close. Really? Like, should not someone see them. And in this movie, he's like he's like,
1: "Hey, like
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was that, a, that was a Wes Anderson. Yeah, moment, it was very yeah, Wes yeah. Anderson. It was great. So um, anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> highly recommended. A, got the Renaissance upon us. Yeah, he's in this and Watchmen I don't know what else he's been in he's a racist <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's like
0: just, I have now been retypecast yeah. as
2: boomer privileged, racist. Yeah, privileged
0: boomer <laughs> racist
2: <laughs> oh, we're, we're talking about how great Daniel Craig is I will say there were uh, being a southerner there were a few times where his accent got me it just it was just wrong and felt mm-hmm. bad but a lot of times that'll take me out of a movie and I'll just be like this fucking sucks like who are these actors why are they doing this but his performance was so good that it completely overcame those few times where I was a little frustrated with pronunciation of a word or something. Yeah, like. It's, yeah. it's one of the few things I feel like I can go bullshit on as far as accents, but he was just so excellent in it that I just went right past it and didn't care. It's a weird thing that sometimes I do
0: with actors when they're notorious for sounding a completely different way, and then they change their voice, but it isn't like... Like you said, like Just he wrong. didn't sound as much like a foghorn leghorn as I'm sure he was probably going for. Yeah. He sounded like a British guy who only a few short weeks earlier learned how to foghorn leghorn. Well, leg horn. The thing Is, like, is he supposed weeks. to be
1: doing like a Louisiana? I don't know. He's, he's been, His name's Benoit. Yeah. There's, is, there's know, something. French. And Blanc, Blanc, obviously French. I thought he was supposed Blanc. to be like Louisiana and because of his name.
2: That would make sense where the French comes yeah. from in the South.
0: But it's just, it's not, I agree with Dan, like, growing up in the South, it's like a different kind of accent, but it's still very, you're like, oh, okay, he's he's trying. Yeah,
2: and he, it's just so much fun. I want more of these movies. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see him do this again with another stellar cast, and maybe they're on a boat or something mm-hmm. instead of in a house. I yeah.
1: Michael Shannon was, like, super great. He,
2: he's, like, in- incredible, isn't he? Mm-hmm.
1: He's so good, and it's also in a weird way where you're like, "Is this guy gonna like flip out any second now?" Mm-hmm. He just feels like this weird loose cannon. But he also he's also really
2: funny. Yeah, yeah, extremely in this. Uh, he's he's got that. He's a master of that. Just tension right underneath the skin, and mm-hmm. you do think there could be any second, and he could just snap and kill everybody. Yeah,
1: I can't look at Michael Shannon anymore though without thinking of those two God. pictures of him and Ricky Hayberg oh, looking yeah. at each other, and they yeah, look yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> Like, it's just, that's all I think of now mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I uh, I will watch this movie again this weekend. Cool, <laughs> let me know when you go. I'm gonna see it a billion times.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are there, so, you started getting on this train a little bit earlier, but, you know, say people love Knives Out, they're in a big, you know, it's a weekend to hang out with your family and, and not do, do a lot, is there, are there other mystery films that you could recommend? Other, you know, I think Clue is the thing that most people are aware of that this movie will remind them of. It's yeah. a house, there's a mystery, there's a murder. How are we gonna solve it? Are there other types of films like this that you think people should check out? Do you Just to get their fix? I th- well, I, I know you I've do. Said
0: I mean, uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, but if you're okay, with culturally inappropriate, oh, yeah, with, extremely culturally inappropriate humor of a different time.
1: It was a different time. Murder
0: by Death. Murder by Death is, is, a, is, a, is a fantastic. It's also like a
1: parody of this genre too. It, it,
0: it 100%, yeah. it, it basically is an assembly of parodies of mm-hmm. all of literature's Peter great Falk, detectives. Peter okay. Peter Sellers, um,
1: um, I forget her name from Clue. Uh, not Madeline Kahn, but Mrs. Peacock, I always forget oh, her name. Um, um, yeah.
0: What's her name? Professor McGonagall's in it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there's a bunch of a bunch of uh, wacky characters come. Yeah, it's oh, well, it's all these
1: tropes of of like you're Miss Marple. Yeah, your, um, hmm. Charlie Chan. Like I was all saying, your... except it's Peter Sellers, a
0: British <laughs> man playing a Charlie Chan
1: yeah. parody. Oh,
2: so is, is that where it's insensitive?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. But they're all but,
1: invited to solve this mystery. Yeah.
0: And And then it's even since it's a parody; it's not just your standard Um, mystery. I
1: mentioned Death Trap. Death Trap to me, like structurally, feels similar a little bit. Um, Michael Caine is a he's sort of a washed-up playwright who's trying to regain his renown with like you know whatever his newest play is. But he's he's having stinker after stinker, and then Christopher Reeve is this up-and-coming playwright who has this play that Michael Kane's very interested in. And mm-hmm. uh I, I you can't talk about it. I mean I mentioned earlier that yes there are twists on twists, but like uh-huh. it, it does have like an interesting little turn to it. Mm-hmm. And then like um I put I put one on last night cuz this movie reminded me of them, but like Pink Panther. I spent oh, well the yeah. first I would say the first two Pink Panthers, like Pink Panther and A Shot in the Dark, the first two um are very much like this sort of, you know, a ca- big cast of characters and there's a mystery going on and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, any old like Poirot, Agatha Christie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <laughs> feel
2: like uh, it also touches on maybe Hitchcockian mystery stuff, so maybe like a Rear Window or oh, north- yeah. by Northwest or oh, yeah, Vertigo or something. It, it captures that classic feel that they're not, you know, closed room um, Yeah, I would
1: say like of Hitchcock, Rope. Would rope be the error. one that
2: I would say. Dial M say. for
1: murder. Dial M for Dial M for Murder or Rope are, are really good ones mm-hmm. to compare this to. I think.
0: Yeah, more those like, are the more serious. Those yeah. are the ones that are true to the genre. Yeah,
1: and Rope they're like in this one.
0: Yeah, masterful yeah. executions of said z- genre and not necessarily a subversion. So, yeah, all right. but all very good if you yeah. want to get into murder.
1: If you it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a mystery, but if you want something with just like a big kooky cast a big kooky ensemble one of my favorite movies is noises off mm. which is just like a big you know kooky group of group of people in and in a, and it is it's set in a theater so it's like one location oh, cool. too but, um
2: I, I do think uh ryan johnson was very outward with his agatha christie yeah. inspirations of this film he said he used to read those books when he was younger so i think you know murder on the orient, <laughs> orient express maybe you watch the older one not the new one or both. I don't know. It's a, the new one's definitely yeah. shinier and fancier looking, but probably doesn't oh, hold the up. Is on a train. I, I'd add one more. Um,
0: it's two weeks out but uh, the finale of Arizona Circle is yeah. a, is a mystery. Well. It is a cast of characters and a mystery mm. um, of sorts. Mm. So, tension building mystery.
2: So, uh,
1: 11 Little Roosters. Oh. Well, <laughs> Ever heard People of it? People only got so
2: much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess um, what I'm gonna say is please go see this movie so we can get some more Benoit Blanc in the future, and maybe more films like this. If, if something like A Knives Out, is a runaway success. Studios usually pay attention and try and make more of that thing that people liked that once, just to milk you out of your money. So if something as cool and fun as this is successful, I think we'll get more of them. Oh. More whodunits, more murder mysteries.
1: We are still getting Death on, on the Nile. That's that that
2: next year at some it's point? to come. That's uh, another Agatha Christie Poirot book, right? Well, it's a,
0: yes. It's a direct sequel to Murder yeah. on Orient Express because that, that movie ends ended? with him going, there's been a murder on the Nile yeah, and it it ends <laughs> officially starting the what is it the H-P-C-U
2: <laughs>
1: Hercule Plerosa yeah yeah.
2: yeah yeah Death on the Nile yep. the new one comes out uh, in October of 2020 wow. so we've got a little while to wait on that oh wow
1: oh Dead oh, well. Men Don't Wear Plaid Steve Martin oh. do you
2: the man with two brains we? <laughs> <laughs> we're just naming movies Oh, so um, are there any closing thoughts uh, other than, (laughs) I know we've kind of beaten this horse to death a little bit, but other than that it's fun, go see it.
1: It's a movie that deserves to be seen, I think. There's a lot of care put into this
0: movie. I I also just think, again, kind of coming off of Star Wars, people were so upset. A lot of people were very upset about why this director, writer-director, would subvert something. And while I don't know that Star Wars was the right thing at the right time to s- subvert, I do think this is an example of why subversion is can create a more entertaining product. Absolutely. Um, this is a much better example of that. And I think it is a testament to, I think, Ryan Johnson's skills as a writer-director. Agreed. I think he's thoroughly entertaining <laughs> and great at creating a finished product that is entirely his own.
2: And this seems way more his wheelhouse than something like Star Wars, honestly. Or yeah. At least where he came from, my first experience of his being brick. Mm-hmm. This is back to his roots, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good so.
1: job, Ryan Johnson.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. And he seemed like a swell guy, honestly. I think a, well, a lot of directors... He's like an asshole, right? That well, a lot crazy. of them come across as douchebags, no matter what they do. <laughs> They're like, just the all right, you sit. ready for the Q&A? He's like, nah, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> he seemed happy to be there, honestly. Mm-hmm. And something else I, I really liked about him was that he seems to work with the same people that he's been working with years, Mm -hmm. kind of brings them along and gives them credit. So so he was constantly pushing credit for certain things off onto his cinematographer or his editor and and kind of sharing that bit of, uh, you know, where this came from, why it's so great. Mm -hmm. It's not all me, it's all of these collaborators that I've had for Mm -hmm. years and I I respect that a lot because there are a lot of directors who work with the same people over and over again you never hear them mention their names. One,
0: One of the favorite stories he told was about how Jamie Lee Curtis Oh. Was just like a delight on set, yeah. and just she would, out. she didn't even have to be there, and she just come and hang out. And people just were like, be, "Why is Jamie
1: to, Lee here? She's not in the to, <laughs> to
0: just be a, just to be present." And then yeah. so he would just start throwing her in scenes, and I was like, "That's what
2: I do." <laughs> you're just around. So you're when in we the did shot. Arizona
0: Circle, I was just I was like, I, I don't need to be here until two p.m., but I get there at seven a.m. and I just hung <laughs> around all day, and that's how I end up as a priest in the sketch. You're like that's. I just I was like, you need me, I'm here, and then just enjoy the process. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so,
2: um, some other minor tidbits. I think you might have run down some of these on Twitter recently. But the movie was shot entirely digitally, which was, I guess, against mm-hmm. his better desires to shoot on film. Um, and he said no one could tell, but uh, except for one it looks, shot, looks very digital. One shot to is me. 35 millimeter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like a yeah, birthday gift. Birthday shot. Yeah, his yeah.
1: birthday.
2: Yeah. Um, and it, he he was actually really open about being intimidated by working with the cast. Even after working on a movie like Star Wars, mm-hmm. you get Michael Shannon and Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson, all these incredible actors in a room and it still intimidates a guy that's made Star Wars, mm-hmm. which, which made him see like, seem like a real person. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> there, uh, we have a few more minutes. We could talk about Joker 2 made a billion dollars. Joker 1 made a billion dollars. Joker 1 made a billion dollars, meaning we're going to get a Joker 2. Excuse me. Um, First R-rated movie to make a billion dollars. I think that's an impressive feat and good for people that like darker, edgier, maybe more violent or Mm -hmm. sexually themed cinema. Mm Because a lot of times I think a movie might get bumped down to a PG-13 to reach a wider audience and have a greater box office potential. Mm -hmm. And I think movies like Deadpool and Joker, where these are R-rated films making insane amounts of money, maybe will let studios take more chances on Mm -hmm.
0: R-rated films. It's always interesting to see how a studio is going to interpret this. Do they think, oh, if we give any Batman villain their own the movie, trouble. so now we get Man-Bat, <laughs> and then they're going to make a Man-Bat movie with a less talented director with and, Michael Shannon. and a less talented actor, and they're going to make it, and it's going to bomb, and they are go, well, that's weird. How come Joker made that? Like, <laughs> I'm always curious to see how a studio tries to interpret this, um, so we'll see. I don't know that the movie needed a sequel.
2: No, and I think that might be the unfortunate part about success is that you can't just have one billion dollar film succeed. They're throwing dump trucks of money Mm -hmm. at uh, Todd Phillips, uh, telling him he's got to make another one. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Again, the story certainly doesn't need it, but I think Mm – I I hope at least those people that you're talking about, you don't know how they're going to interpret it. I hope it just – allows them to take more chances with material that isn't for everybody. Because every movie and every story doesn't need to be for everybody, including children 13 years of age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, In sequel news also, uh, Noah Hawley is gonna write and direct the next Star Trek movie, which I think is really cool. Um, My only real experience with his work is from Fargo, the TV show, which Mm -hmm. I think is one of the best shows of the decade. The second Mm -hmm. season
1: is perfect.
2: Um, I, I think all three of them are brilliant. But, yeah, the second season, I think, stands out, even with a lesser cast than the first one, as mm-hmm. just an exceptional season of television. But people say Legion is, is wonderful mm-hmm. as well. Um, I know Lu- uh, Lisa's looking forward to Lucy in the Sky, Diaper Astronaut oh, Diaper movie. Astronaut.
1: No, I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> I like that someone's making a movie about that. Unfortunate they're not including the diaper.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a pretty thing.
1: big detail. That's yeah, that's, that's the of. detail, and the fact that they're not putting that in the movie, you've lost my money already.
2: You know, over Thanksgiving break, we could just shoot our own movie called Diaper Astronaut. And everyone's <laughs> going to know what it's about.
1: It's <laughs> just shooting a person in a diaper to the moon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so uh, what, even more sequel news. Um, well, let's just say I like Noah Hawley a lot. I think the last Star Trek film really f- fell flat. It was It was just kind of boring. Um, And I like the way J.J. brought the series back from obscurity. Not obscurity, but it had died in cinema. And Mm -hmm. I think he made those first two Star Trek movies pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's fun to see someone who I think is a really talented writer take the reins of this series, which which Mm -hmm. is extremely well cast, I think. Um, And I think maybe one of the big flaws of the second two films were that they weren't very well (laughs) written. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think Noah Hawley can handle that. And so uh, one more sequel. Venom 2 started filming this week. We did it, folks. We got got our Venom 2. Or maybe this was last week. But yeah, Andy Serkis started filming Venom 2. We will get it uh, in October of 2020.
0: Yeah, there's a current shortage on uh, lobster aquariums (laughs) because Venom 2 needs them for all of their filming.
2: They really should do a scene in like an aquarium factory Mm -hmm. and just fill them all with lobsters. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams are back. We're gonna get some Woody Harrelson. So every, everybody look forward to a film house on Venom 2 in the second weekend of October of yeah, I was 2020.
0: Say, Woody Harrelson, hopefully he still has this Party City wig. Hopefully he didn't lose it <laughs> from when they filmed the end of that first movie.
2: I, I also, I find that to be an impressive turnaround. If they're just starting to shoot this movie now and it's gonna be in theaters in October, I think that's
0: quite- Is that impressive? Or I does mean, that mean no one cares? It because means they, they set the release interpret. date before thinking yeah, about how exactly. to make the movie because it made a ton of money, yeah. and then they said, "Well, let's just do another one." The script didn't matter the first time, and now uh, they just jumped right in.
2: You think they just hue shift all those Venom renders to red? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, our last sponsor this week is Love Book. They make these cute little books. They're uh, essentially this is a gift for someone that you like a lot. For the for the. Price of ordering them flowers or something that's disposable, mm-hmm. you can give them a gift that'll last for a really long time and I think means a lot. Lovebooks help customers express sentiments that can be difficult to say out loud. Users can create characters that look just like themselves and the recipient, detailed all the way down to the outfits and accessories. While customers have the option to personalize each page as much as they like, Lovebook's express option creates a complete book with just a few clicks. Lovebooks are the perfect gift for all occasions. Christmas, Valentine's Day, anniversaries and birthdays, or just because. Lovebook now offers a membership program as well. With the membership, you'll receive a free book when you sign up, 50% off any Additional books, unlimited free digital books, and discounts on gift wrap and other products. Love Book is not for yourself; it's always a gift. Love Book is ideal for that special someone in your life that truly deserves a meaningful present. Visit lovebookonline.com/slash/filmhouse to receive a special 20% discount only for Filmhouse listeners. They want more of James Angel and the Troll. Mm-hmm. If this we didn't give them any information, by the way. No, they, they, they legitimately came <laughs> they to just us. Watched and yeah, were so like, they will okay. watch
1: you sleep and then write a book about
2: you. <laughs> Tug Nuggets joke. It's just it's wonderful what they did to for us was very cute. And I think if you did this for someone that you know and love, they will very much enjoy this as a thoughtful present.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Christmas is coming up, right? Yeah, so like the question is, what are you going to get someone for Christmas? Sometimes you don't always know what they need. So something unique. So get you can always get them something that's unique that means like that's this.
1: custom
2: that means something and like I feel like it's always a safe bet. Yeah. So visit lovebookonline.com/slash/filmhouse and you'll receive twenty percent off and that's for Filmhouse listeners. And uh, thanks Love Book for sponsoring the show this week. Um, also thanks to Manscaped and Columbia College for sponsoring this week. Um, Just to reiterate, I think we love Knives Out. Please go see it so we can get some more stuff like this. And we are out of time, so we don't have time to talk about Nash Bridges reboot. Oh,
1: no.
2: Is that on the list? It's on the list.
0: It was on the list as we won't have time to talk about the Nash Bridges reboot. (laughs)
2: Um, Thanks for coming around, everybody. See you next week.
0: Bye.